Support for the Designated Drinker Show comes from Green Hat Gin, where each batch of this premium gin is distilled locally by hand. You've never tasted anything like it. To learn more about DC's signature gin, visit greenhatgin.com. That's greenhatgin.com. Prohibition. The word itself means the action of forbidding something, but here in the U.S., it means even more. Here, it has a history and a flavor all its own. The war to end all wars had just ended. The 18th Amendment was passed. Women had demanded the right to vote, and we got it. The 20s were roaring, and there was prosperity to spare. It was the age of jazz and the time of flappers. Babe Ruth was still stepping up to the plate. And in speakeasies across the country, people were still bellying up to the bars. It was the air of bootleggers and rum runners. It was a time of gin. And fortunately, it still is. Welcome to Designated Drinker, the podcast that's raising the bar on craft cocktails. I'm Louise Salas, your host and guide behind the stick. Today, serving up today's boozy beverages is one of our official barkeeps, and expert of all things delicious, Gina. Hi. Hey, Gina. Um, you and I go way, way back. I don't know, just divulge our age a little bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but tell everyone else who's yet to fall in love with you a little bit about yourself. I've been making cocktails in the Capitol for two decades now. Um, that does not make me over 21. <laughs> so that's really amazing. Uh, anyway, I'm just kidding. Uh, I mixed DC. I've been known that, coined the phrase a long time ago, somewhere in the 2000s. I've lived up to the name and now make cocktails all over um, the world. The world, really. Amazing. Yeah, I'm actually, we're heading to Spain, right? So there you go. Next thing, Mars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's just after a few drinks. Um, okay, so um, also on today's show, we have our designated drinker, distiller, and one of my, of my, one of my favorite gins, John Uselton. John, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you. So, John, tell us a little bit about Green Hat Gin. We know it has a really rich history, and it's incredibly interesting, quite inspiring. Tell us a little bit. So we started uh, Green Hat Gin almost five years ago in Washington, D.C. We were the first uh, distillery in, in the district since Prohibition. Um, and uh, we focus mostly on gin. We've been putting rye whiskey in the barrels for several years and waiting for it to mature so we can release that and focusing on gins and various gin flavors and lots of fun with that cool um you know when you started with your uh, father-in-law how did that all happen and uh how's that work with in-laws i have them and i don't know that i would do the same thing ever <laughs> um it's it's worked out very well um so he had retired um was at home doing homebrew and yoga and things you do when you're retired <laughs> and uh decided but he, is he brewing and doing yoga simultaneously um i don't think so usually <laughs> but you never know what he was doing he, he was a little you know, he's a little out there sometimes um, and wanted to do something else. Um, and because I was a beer buyer for a number of years, um, I knew the beer industry a great uh, to a certain extent. Um, but we knew about a couple of the breweries that were going to be opening really soon in the district. Um, and we hadn't heard anything about a distillery. Uh, we both liked gin a lot and uh, started looking into it, found out that for production purposes, it was legal to open a distillery in the district. 
Um, we can't do, we couldn't do all the fun things we can do now at the distillery. We can serve cocktails now. We can do taste. Oh, we can really? sell bottles. We can do all kinds of fun stuff. But that's all come about since uh, since we've opened. Um, so we decided to go for it, and we incorporated and found our space and did a massive build out and uh, sold our first bottle October first of two thousand twelve. Wow, that's amazing. It's really amazing. I think I've been to the distillery, and it it's uh, the, it makes me think of uh, Willy Wonka, just because I don't know anything about distilling and. It all looks so cool. All the big copper pots. Yeah, the copper and stainless and everything. And the Jules Verne, Willy Wonka, all that kind of stuff. Exactly. Kind of is the fizzy there. lifting room. Yeah, you haven't shown her that yet, right? No, I haven't. <laughs> I've been there. I'm, <laughs> I'm missing out. I'm keeping some secrets. Oh, <laughs> no, I'll ever know. Be safe right here. Exactly. <laughs> so how long have you been in the business now, did you say? Um, so we've been producing and selling bottles for almost five years. Um, and there was a, about a four-month stretch where we were doing production, but that was to basically get the recipe for our first gin together. Um, and then since we've released uh, three more gins after that um, and various other products that we're really excited about and like to play around with different things. So what was the first? The first one was, was our regular, our, our green label green hat gin. Um, started with that. We knew from the very beginning we wanted to do seasonals. Um, and we did our first two seasonals the following spring and, and winter. Um, the spring is, is kind of your, uh, kind of, we, we wanted a gin that was a go-to for tall drinks. So, um, you know, DC's official cocktail is the Ricky. Um, so we wanted a, a gin to make a nice Ricky with, um, gin and tonics. So it's really c- citrusy and floral. Um, there's some cherry blossoms in it, clover blossoms, rose hips, fresh rosemary, three types of citrus. Um, and then we... Uh, when we went to do the fall winter, we went in a little bit different direction, and we did a, a barrel aged gin um, that's aged in apple brandy barrels, and it's a gin and aquavit hybrid. Um, so we take, a, if you're not familiar with aquavit, northern European type of spirit that's typically flavored with a little bit of caraway seed, star anise, and dill. Um, we take those, marry those with some of our traditional gin, gin botanicals that we've used in various gins. Um, we will make this what we call Genevieve out of it, and then we put it into an apple brandy barrel and let that rest for about four months, and we release every uh, November. Sounds like if I had a little too much of that, I might want to take some rest, yeah. too. <laughs> and it sells out <laughs> super quick. It does. It does. We, we actually are able, we're able to make uh, a, a lot of it this year, so I think we're going to be a little better off this year. So Do you use that uh, in much? Do you know? Do um, when I'm allowed to get the winter, yes, but um, <laughs> spring, summer is my absolute favorite and I harass them pretty much regularly starting in February of when spring summer is coming because I like literally can't wait to get my hands on it I use it all spring summer nice. or on, and fall until I run out <laughs> and this is precisely why when we release it this year it is now a year-round product <laughs> it is now a spring summer style gin oh is that what you do yeah that's nice that, that's how we, we <laughs> I like that branding twist you know we're like you. do we want to rename it and we're like well everybody knows it by spring you know spring so, summer so no, let's just keep it yeah. and let's just make it a style because you know when we when we started doing seasonals we were the only distillery that i know of that were doing seasonals and now it's kind of a thing to do like you know distilleries that are kind of focused on gin they'll do seasonals um, and a lot of them do them year round. And so we're like, well, we're missing out. You know, this is something that people really love. I mean, perfect example, Gina loves it and starts asking about it in February. Um, and we're getting a lot of the same reaction from across, you know, across the city. And, you know, it's, it's one of my favorite gins. I think it's really universal and it works really well in a lot of really good cocktails. And let's just make it all the time. Yeah. I mean, it's, 
Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but do you mean does this mean that we're going to be able to get the DC Brow O to V whenever we want it? Uh, that's that's a different thing. <laughs> Making the the the, You're putting the your DC order Brow O to V is is a, it's something we love doing because we mostly get to hang out with the brewers. Um, but it's it's a pain. It's a real pain. <laughs> it's, but it's a love. It's a it love. Is, it's, it is. It is. I think it, it comes hurts. out. You know, we've 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 really kind of learned how to how to like treat it in barrels and and make it really delicious over the last couple of years. Um, but when it comes down to it, you know, we start with two pallets of beer that's taller than me, and we end up with like twenty cases. So it's wow. It's a lot of work to make very little product. But it's fun, you know. I get to go do a lot of, uh, DC, you know, uh, beer events with DC Brow and hang out with the guys. And um, for me, it's worth going it. back to your beer days. Huh? Yeah, you know, I, I still collect beers and I love beer. Nice. Um, you know, but you know, there's room in my life for all these things. So I have to say that, of <laughs> course, I, I love what's inside the bottle. And um, Gina introduced me to the gin some time ago, and definitely love it. that's a great. But I have to tell you, I fell in love with your your packaging because my background's a little different than yours. Um, Tell me a little bit about the story behind why Green Hat. I love the name and I love the branding. So, I'd so you know, you can you can make the best spirit in the world and put it into an ugly bottle and no one will buy it. So um, we needed we needed a couple of things. We needed a story. Um, so we started looking around for DC stories and we came across uh, uh, George Cassidy and he was known as the Man in the Green Hat and he was the bootlegger to Congress. He actually had That's an awesome. office in the uh, Cannon office building. And the Russell office building um, over a stretch of ten years. Um, basically, you'd send your page down to his office. They'd pick up the bottles, bring them back to you know the Congress people's office, and um, they were able to you know indulge whenever they wanted. Um, and this went on you know this went on for ten years during the the peak of prohibition. Um, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah, exactly. And then <laughs> well, most of the congressmen didn't know what they passed because they stuck prohibition on the end of another bill. So they passed it, and then all of a sudden, everything was like taken out of the. There used to be a bar in in the Capitol, and uh, where the Speaker of the House office is. And then when Prohibition was passed, they closed the bar, and people were like, "What happened?" <laughs> and they didn't know. Wait, wait, we didn't agree to this. Yeah, it was like, what happened here? So go ahead. I'm sorry. It's a it's a good lesson to learn. I think it is a good lesson to learn. Um, and then when he uh, finally got. Uh, arrested and had to hang up his bootlegging days, uh, he decided to write a series of front page articles for the Post explaining what he'd been doing for the last 10 years. I've been selling the four-fifths of Congress. This is how I got spirits into the Capitol. Um, what he would do is he would take the train to uh, Philadelphia, New York, um, load up suitcases, bring them back, and then bring them into the Capitol. In those days, you weren't searched going into the Capitol. You were only searched leaving the Capitol. Oh, that's and, if, and if you were a member of Congress, you weren't searched at all. So they could get their, if they were able to get their bottles while on the Capitol grounds, they could just take them out with them. So he could bring them in and then Congress people could take them out. So it, it made it for a really nice, good deal for everyone around. Yeah, good business. Yeah. It's good business. <laughs> so um, tell us, anybody, what else do you have coming? I mean, we talked about summer, summer, spring and summer. Um, what else? What other do you have? What else do you have in your lineup? So we have the four gins that we uh, produce right now. The the two seasonals, one not seasonal anymore. Um, the fall winter year round, the green, the original gin, um, navy strength, which is one of my favorites. Um, Tell us a little about that. Traditional English style gins, bottled at a higher proof of one fourteen. Um, up until the seventies, if you served um, on one of the English in an English English navy, um, part of your pay would have been either a ration of gin or rum. <laughs> and to make sure you weren't getting gypped on your ration if it's at 114 or above you can mix it with a little gunpowder and it'll still light so you could you could prove proof 
this is where proof comes from. Oh, really? Um, that you weren't getting gypped on your ration. Um, and th- this went on until the 70s. I mean, it. Wow. It, yeah. So, um, so you know, these Navy strength rums and gins are kind of a thing. I love them because they, I think they're great cocktail gins. Um, when you when you use, a, use them in a cocktail, it is higher proof, and it's going to make your cocktail higher proof. But unless you're going to have a whole bunch of them, it's not going to make a big difference. It's not that much higher proof. Um, it, but what it does do is it gives you a really nice punch from those botanicals because you're not cutting it back as far, so those, those botanicals can really come through in that cocktail and really give you a nice gin punch to them. So um, the four gins, we partnered um, uh, with some a local restaurant, uh, friend, some friends of mine that I used to work with and for, and uh, we decided we wanted to do some vermouth. Um, so at this point now we have three vermouth, a rosé that you use like a red, an off-dry white, a dry white. Um, and they're one of the reasons, we like vermouth, we mm-hmm. love vermouth, yeah. um, and it goes really well with gin, but we also wanted to make a thing called Summer Cup. Uh, are you familiar with PIMS? Yes, I am. All right, so PIMS is a brand name of a summer cup. Oh. So um, I'm lucky enough that my wife has a number of clients in the UK, and she was bringing back a bunch of gins when we started the distillery. And um, one summer, she started bringing back these summer cups from small distilleries. And, you know, I knew PIMS. I didn't drink that much PIMS. Um, but I started trying these, and I loved them. Um, and so we started working on that, and we, uh, we do a summer cup every summer. Um, so I've been drinking a lot of summer cup lately. Nice. And, uh, you know, it's good in the winter, too, you know. <laughs> it's year-round. It is a year-round. It is. seasonal, I think, it is the word it's I'm It's a hearing. morning cocktail, really. It is. It is. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's a little eye-opener. Um, help you with uh, the gin from the night before a little. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just in Barcelona drinking uh, vermouth um, in a way that I had never had vermouth, and it was um, quite lovely. And I, I didn't know what to expect, but it was great. It didn't didn't hurt that I was in Barcelona, yeah. on a hill overlooking the ocean, having paella. Yeah, yeah, that that it, yeah. They could even you Coca Cola with gin. You would have been like, this is the greatest thing ever. So I mean, <laughs> well, the Spaniards yeah. delivering it didn't hurt either. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's been uh, so we you know we do tasting we we do farmers markets and those kind of things. And we do tastings all the time, and um, now with the vermouths because they're they're in that Spanish style. Um, you totally can drink them on the rocks um, with a little soda water. You know, it's, it's a really nice afternoon, low alcohol kind of get me started for my evening kind of cocktail. Yeah, it was really interesting. They brought us the charged water and yeah. you just did it yourself and had to be a little Exa- Exactly. Um, and it's quite lovely. when we do all these tastings, people are like, can, can you just drink it on, on, the, on the rocks by Thanks, itself? Yeah. Like, well, these, this one you can. Um, you know, a lot of people are familiar with... Um, you know, oh, that's really yummy. Thank that's, you. Yeah. That's really yummy. That's the rosé. Yeah. This I, is really I love yummy. it. Yeah. So, let's get down to business. What <laughs> is your favorite of your lineup? I'm torn uh, you know, between the two that we talked about earlier, the spring, summer, and the, the, the navy. Um, I love our original gin, and it, there are cocktails that it's perfect for. Um, but the other two, there's just something about them that are really... I'm really just on right now, so. Great. So now with that, let's get to the fun part. Gina, what do you got for him? This segment of the Designated Drinker Show is brought to you by Green Hat Gin, where each batch of this premium gin is distilled locally by hand. You've never tasted anything like it. To learn more about DC's signature gin, visit greenhatgin.com. That's greenhatgin.com. So John is a big fan of the Negroni, and uh, earlier we made him a welcome drink of Negroni with a little bit of um, 
the spring summer, the capital line vermouth, uh, a bit of the pastry d'aperitivo. Now so what are we going to do now? So now we're going to spin it. So we're going to actually make a Negroni cup type soda. Okay? So we're going to take one ounce of the Navy Strength Green Hot Gin. We're going to take one ounce of the Aperitivo for Pre Shows. We're going to take one ounce of, we're going to actually use a different vermouth, Dolan vermouth. We're going to use one ounce of plum shrub. And we're pouring all of this into a soda siphon. So it's going to make it nice and fizzy and bubbly. And if you don't have a soda siphon, you can pour all of this into a glass and then add a little bit of soda water and stir it. Then we're going to also add one um, ounce of grapefruit juice. We're going to put it all into our siphon. So other than the grapefruit juice, which that one's kind of easy to figure out, some of the other ingredients you mentioned, what, what kind of pla- uh, flavor profiles does that bring? So w- what we're trying to do with the vermouth is you're going you're gonna to give it a little bit of sweetness to offset the um, pastry aperitivo with like the bitterness. Oh, it's kind of like me in a glass. It's kind of like uh, a little bit of attitude in the glass, right? <laughs> and then you take, uh, and then with the green hat gin, because it's overproof, the navy strength, what it does is it pops all the citrus botanicals. So now when I'm going to give it a little bit of soda charge in the ISI, so it's an ISI soda siphon, and you're going to take um, a charger, and you're going to put it on there, and you're going to pretty much, you're going to carbonate it. So I'm making a carbonated cocktail. Ooh, a little fizz. So if you wanted to, you could really just like shoot it directly into your mouth. That sounds delicious. For your delicious. own I Love Lucy episode, if you will. <laughs> Um, and then we're going to use a nice tall glass, so maybe a tumbler at home for you. Here we're using a soda glass, uh, a little bit of ice, uh, spritz the cocktail, and then let's finish it off with a sprig of fresh mint. God, that sounds amazing. Don't worry, if you missed anything, you can follow us at designateddrinker.show, and you'll have the full recipe slowed down and delicious just for your drinking needs. Woohoo! I love, I love it, I love it. All right, sounds cool. Delicious. And this is this is one of the reasons that I love the Negroni. It's because you can go and you know you can be you can do the standard you know equal parts and experiment with different gins and different vermouths and different bitters, or you can take it as a as a basically a building block and go from there and do all kinds of other things like what Gina's doing right now. She charged it. So what Gina's doing that. You talk about doing tastings at, at different farmers markets, but what if somebody wanted to just, you know, could they find instead of trying to find you at these markets, where where are you going to be? Where do you hang your hat? Um, well, you know, there's uh, over a hundred bars and restaurants in D.C. that they can always uh, imbibe in. Um, but if they want to come and see the, the how the gin's made and see how we do it, they, they want to meet the men behind the gin. Yeah, we we do um, tastings and tours on Saturdays. We come down to the distillery, the free tastings, free tours. And then we offer cocktails, five and seven dollar cocktails that you know we we make up uh, throughout you know come up with during the week, and um, we think they're some of the best deals around. You're still in the same spot, right? Yeah, we've been the same spot. We're hopefully we'll be there for a long time. Great. Yeah. All right. There we go. That's it. All right. This looks beautiful. Awesome. You are a lucky man. I am. I am. It smells amazing, Gina. Um, it's nice and strong. You know, using the Navy strength and overproofing that you were talking about uh, does. It shows all of that beautiful citrus that you put into your gin. So hopefully we did you right by making that for you. you so like? if somebody would like oh, the if you recipe. Like the re- so if you like the recipe for this. That's designateddrinker.show. Thank you. <laughs> so um, there you'll find all of our recipes. You'll get that step-by-step on how to make um, this amazing drink and uh, all the other recipes that Gina has in her back pocket. All right. 
So, John, what do you think you drink? I love it. It's you know, it's got a little spritz to it. It's it's citrusy and it's it's excellent. It's the best way to start the day, huh? I, yeah. Yeah. Or end your day, or whatever, wherever you, you know, want to put up it the middle in your, of your day. day. Yeah, this is this is good for all day. Awesome. You follow that with some. Uh, um, what would you follow that with, Gina? What after this drink? Yeah. Um, honestly, some ceviche or something delicious. I'd actually <laughs> eat with this drink. It's a tasty like afternoon, you know, sipper. Uh, rose would go wonderful with this. Do the Capital Line on rocks. A little bit of uh, you know sparkling wine would go a long way. And, you know, I like to not use the water back in sparkling water. I like a little bit of sparkling wine. Not saying that maybe I like it a little bit stronger, but, you know, I do have two kids, so <laughs> a little bit of strength's okay. Great. Well, thanks for stopping by, John. Hope you enjoy your drink. And, uh, again, thank you for your time. Um, this has been your designated drinker show. Thanks for stopping by. You can always visit us at designateddrinker.show for today's recipes and so much more. You don't have to go home, but you just can't stay here. <laughs>